Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the nightcap. Poop fest. This is it's terrible. He's very calculating in how he says things. I mean, it may sound like it's spontaneous. It's not. I mean, he goes into a lot of these things saying, okay, here's what I'm going to say about this. I mean, you know, think about how much time he had to spend in coming up with the word poop fest. I've never heard the word poop fest, but that's very creative. On WGR. Can I interest you in a nightcap? All right, I made it through half the banana. I could not do any more. There goes my question. I was going to ask you how you feel. Just, I actually feel good. Strong? You know, I, I came into work today a bit of a stomach ache. It was uh, not a great uh, weekend for me eating-wise. Been eating a little healthier lately. This weekend was not a continuation of that. Um, stomach feels a little settled at this point. Maybe the banana helped with that. Just could not do any more, though. Oh, the worst. The worst fruit of all time. In a blowout. Landslide. Anyways. Super Bowl yesterday. Patriots won for their sixth in my lifetime and in their franchise history. And six for Brady, six for for uh, Belichick, six for Robert Kraft. That stunk. As did the halftime show, as did most of the commercials. The one thing that was really great from last night, the NFL 100 commercial. Tremendous. 10 out of 10. Maybe my favorite commercial ever. It was funny. Um, it was such a smart idea. Like, just the idea of that. Whoever came up with it, like, just perfect. Great job, whoever did that. The execution, great. All of it. And it was longer. Like, two minutes. Usually commercials, one minute. They gave me a little more. That's how good it was. It's like those movies where... It's usually the big box office hits. Like, this has kind of become the Marvel movies more recently. If it's really good, you know a lot of people are going to come to see it. They'll make the movie, like, two and a half, three hours. It's whatever. People People know. Like if you if you're coming if you're uh you're waiting in line for this movie, if it's that good, we'll make it longer. This commercial, same premise. If it's that good, make it two minutes. Who cares? I want to go frame by frame in this commercial. It's a lot of interesting things that are going on. You can follow along if you want. Videos on YouTube, and there's some interesting seating chart decisions that were made. Some interesting player choices that were made. So first scene here, we got a table with Aaron Donald. Someone in the middle that I don't know who it is. And then Dick Butkus on the left. None of the guys in the background, I think, are uh, noteworthy. Then you got Peyton Manning. He's nodding in approval of whatever Roger Goodell's doing. Same thing with Elvin Kamara and Drew Brees clapping after that. I'm assuming this was shot before the whole <laughs> no-call no pass interference because I don't think Drew Brees and Elvin Kamara would be you know, applauding anything Roger Goodell would be saying at this moment in time. They can't even get him to say anything on the pass interference. Then we got Michael Strahan. 
We got a Rob Gronkowski, Brian Urlacher combination. Urlacher's got his hair now. Would those two be friends? Brian Urlacher and Rob Gronkowski? I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Meatheads. Big beefy dudes just yeah. hanging by the gym. Oh, yeah. They work out together. You know they do. They're talking about uh, supplements and all of that. Then we got Juju Smith-Schuster. Do you know who this waiter is? This is this ninja is? Yep. Who's ninja? He's a video game streamer. Okay. Fortnite, most famously. He actually played with... That's... You know, I missed it when it was played on TV, but looking back at it, it's funny that he's serving Juju because they played Fortnite together for a live stream. Okay. Kind of like the Drake thing. What percentage of people know who that is? Ninja? Yes. Like watching. It depends on the demographic you're talking about. I'm thinking less than 10%. Our generation gets it. Like... 30 and under, anybody that plays Fortnite, whatnot, they'll recognize okay. him. He's like the face of the video game. But okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Then we've got Marshawn Lynch, and he is eyeing up that cake. He's going for it no matter what. He reaches. So we keep going. He falls. And there goes the football. All right. Now is where we start to get a look at some of these tables. We've got Peyton Manning sitting next to an offensive lineman, I think, but I'm not sure who it is. Maybe Willie Rofe. The former Seahawk tackle, like legendary Seahawks tackle. I think that's him, but I'm not sure. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. At the 27-second mark, Ndamukong Sue's eyes get wide. This is the freeze frame I tweeted about last night. This is what I wanted to really get to here. Ndamukong Sue's eyes widen. There's someone on his right that I'm not sure who that is. His seat's kind of pulled out. I'm assuming he is somebody, someone important. In the background... No one would have noticed this unless you paused it here. There's Eli Manning looking strangely at Ndamukong Sue. And you know, like, all this all this ruckus is going on. You never notice Eli Manning in this commercial. You want to know why? Because Eli Manning would probably be the guy who would be afraid his mom is going to yell at him if he was going to get into something like this. <laughs> he is the, the ultimate non-bad boy. The complete 180. So there's Eli. In the corner... Out of focus resides what looks to be a young African-American male sitting in a chair. I swear to you, this is E.J. Manuel. If you look at him, he's out of focus. It's probably not him, I understand, because this is a commercial filled with NFL legends and star players from today's game, and E.J. Manuel is nowhere near either one of those things. He's currently an out-of-work free agent quarterback who's really done almost nothing in his career. Other than go six and ten once for the Bills. But again, I just look at this guy. It looks like EJ Manuel. Am I am I not wrong? You see this guy, right? I do. Does it not look like him? I do. I'm trying to think of a backstory to where like the NFL doesn't realize it's EJ Manuel. They're like looking for extras. Like, he, hey, you want to be in the background maybe, of our commercial? Maybe he's trying to get into uh getting to acting. And yeah. he's starting out, he's doing some extras for some different movies, some different TV shows. He's probably got a buddy who works in the NFL. It's like, hey, you want to be an extra for this uh, show, this commercial we're doing? It's going to air in the Super Bowl? Sure. What do you got to do? I just got to sit in the background behind Eli Manning and Adama and Sue. All right, whatever. I think it could be him. It's almost for sure not him. But it, wow, it looks like EJ Manuel. Okay. Anything else interesting going on here? Mike Singletary does an amazing job. With take, ripping the glasses off. Freeze frame on his face as he's about to yell fumble. Hilarious. Like that was the, they nailed that one. Having him be the guy who shouts fumble. Then the guy after that, I did not know who that was until today. I think that was the only player where I really didn't recognize. It's Christian McCaffrey. 
Really? That dives in for the football. Yeah, it's Christian McCaffrey, right? I thought it was one of the Watts. Not JJ, maybe like TJ. Or isn't there another one? Fullback somewhere? I don't know. There's like three Watts. Maybe one still playing college football. But it's Christian McCaffrey. Then we got Sue getting off. The ball, of course, rolls to Joe Montana. Great job here. I don't know why Michael Irvin thinks that Montana's going to throw him the ball instead of Jerry Rice. Picked off by Dion because, of course, it would be Dion. He does the primetime dance. Great job. Here comes Erlocker with his full head of hair, which we never saw when he was playing. Great form tackle right into the table. I'm not sure who the guy is who does the, uh, the like, what do I want to call this? The flexing? He's flexing, but it's like the you bring your arms down and underneath. Don't know who that is. It might be Saquon Barkley because he appears later on. All right, what are, we at? what are we up to? Like a dozen players already that we recognize? Uh, yeah. it's a lot of players here. Then we've got three players. One I know is Larry Zonka. I don't know who the other two are. I assume they are also members of the 72 Dolphins. They do have the jackets on, so I would assume that that's them. All right, that's 15 players. Todd Gurley, 16. Aaron Donald, 17. Then we've got a table to the right. Emmett Smith is sitting there. Barry, of course, Barry Sanders, he makes some moves. Great decision, bring Barry Sanders into it. No bills in this thing, by the way. Emmett makes some comment about his stats, because the Cowboys like to get into arguments about their stats, apparently. Troy Aikman in particular. Um, you've got Manning. I, there's that, I think that's Willie Rofe. That's another guy I need to look up. So, uh, okay. Those are the most interesting parts of the thing. But again, that one freeze frame that you get to that has... Eli Manning and Dominican Sue, I really think it's EJ Manuel. Can't be sure unless I ask him personally, and I don't know when or if ever I'll get that opportunity. But that was it. Uh, continuing to roll along here, we're just kind of going frame by frame here on this amazing NFL 100 commercial. Aaron Donald chasing Terry Bradshaw, who throws the ball up. Now, interesting moment here. Now, if you didn't notice, there's five guys that go up. For the, for the ball that Bradshaw throws. All current players. We've got Patrick Peterson, Odell Beckham, Larry Fitzgerald, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, who is the other one? Maybe Jalen Ramsey and Tyreek Hill, I think. Here's something I think the NFL could have done better on. It's tipped back and Franco Harris grabs it. The Immaculate Reception. The funny part about the Immaculate Reception is whenever you watch the camera or the TV feed of the Immaculate Reception, that one replay, you don't see if the ball hits the ground. And really, like if you watch the documentary on that, that I think uh, that NFL Network did, no one other than Franco Harris really knows for sure if the ball hit the ground. And he says it didn't, but... I don't know if I was in part of that play, too, and it did hit the ground. I think I'd lie about it for the rest of my life, too. And to, you, whatever. They show the ball here. I think it would have been funny if they didn't show if the ball hit the ground on this. But maybe Franco wanted to put it in like, hey, I'm only doing this commercial. I'm only recreating the Immaculate Reception if we clearly show that the ball did not hit the ground. I think that's absolutely something that could have happened. That's a conversation that could have been made. We finally figured out Juju Smith-Schuster is the guy that dances on the table. Beckham goes up for his one-handed catch as after Mahomes says hi to Russell Wilson. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like other than that immaculate reception thing, which I think would have been funny, I think they did everything perfect in this thing. 
And then Barkley ends it with uh, jumping over a teammate. I could have used a Bill in here, but for national audience, whatever. Who like who's the most recognizable Bill that you would have put in there? Is Marshawn Lynch fair enough? Is it count? I mean, he's not known as a Bill, so like, right. he kind of counts, but not really. Like, oh, who's the but who's the most like if you would th- guys that you would think of as a Buffalo Bill? Who's the most recognizable? I think Shady would love this commercial. Ooh, Shady would have been a great one. Yeah, yeah, you could have got him in there for sure. Like, OJ to me is the most recognizable face, but you're not putting OJ Simpson in this commercial. Like, like Prime Spotlight, Super Bowl. Hey, Shady, you want to come be in a commercial for the NFL's 100th year? 100%. He would eat that up. Right. Yeah, I, I could. they should have done that. I would have liked to have seen that. Now, again, we've got Lynch in there who's kind of, like, he played for the Bills. He's a Bills draft pick. But no one really knows of him as a Buffalo Bill. I bet you most football fans don't even know that he played for the Bills. He kind of just showed up in Seattle one day and was amazing. That's what most people, I think, think of Marshawn Lynch. And we do have this questionable figure in the background of one freeze frame that may or may not be, that pro- almost for sure is not, E.J. Manuel. Is there a way I can look this up? I don't want to stalk E.J. Manuel, but I want to know. I want to know who this extra is because it looks exactly like him. All right, I got to get off that. I want to talk some Sabres as we go forward here. Break a little bit early because I want to play some player sound too from uh, today's practice. A ton of changes that happened. Phil Housley uh, flipping the lines. He broke up all three guys in the top line. They're all now on separate lines. Skinner, Eichel, and uh, Reinhardt. We'll go through that if you didn't uh, read about it or hear about it earlier. We'll go through that. New defensive pairings as well. And uh, we'll take a look at the uh, Sabres place in the standings as we go forward here. Uh, into this homestand. I have not looked at them since the Chicago game. Just not been in a good place with them. I didn't even want to look at the standings. Just the opportunity that would have been missed over the last two games. Um, But we'll take a look at that as we go forward as well. Sabres next. It's the nightcap, Jody Biasi and Kyle Powell on WGR. I think it was just a mix of a couple things. Obviously, it's new and figuring out the breakout, things like that. But we had a good last one. Felt like we kind of figured it out there, got settled in. And then so that's pretty much it. I think making sure we get in the zone is probably one of the most important things. And then we should be able to make plays once we have it set up and ready to go. Sabres center Casey Middlestat. He was a part of the line changes earlier today. That Phil Housley had at practice. So everything's all jumbled up. Everything's all jumbled up. Before we get into that, let's now take a look at where the Sabres rest in the standings. I have yet to look. I'm opening them right now. So you'll hear my live reaction. I'm not sure what's changed. Eh, Really nothing's changed. Nothing drastic. Um, Excuse me? In terms of, okay, yeah, your flyers are here. Here we go. Your flyers are coming. They're coming. They've won seven in a row. They're only four points behind Buffalo. They are only, well, they're still seven points out of a playoff spot, but I mean, that's, what were they, 16 a couple weeks ago? They were a lot at one point. It was bad. I think it got up to 15 at one point. They're, I mean, they're a team I could, I would seriously start to think about if they're behind me. Like, the Rangers were never that for me. Detroit was never that for me. But uh, Philly, yeah, maybe. So that's happened. You've got a new, guy, a new team below you. Columbus is still only three points ahead of you. They lost to St. Louis. They've lost five in a row. That spot's very much up for grabs between the Blue Jackets, Sabres, and Hurricanes, and maybe the Flyers, too. So you still got a spot that's very much up for grabs. 
the tough part is some of these other teams, I mean, you haven't won in a while, or you haven't won like a big stretch in a while. These other teams are starting to pull away from you. Boston is seven points up. Montreal's eight points up, although you do have two games in hand, so I guess there's a silver lining there. Toronto's way ahead, nine points ahead. Uh, you've got Washington and Pittsburgh, both six points ahead now. You do have a game in hand on both of them, and then the Islanders are ten. So I still think that Montreal position is in play, but Columbus is the team now that you're really watching. 59 points. Lots of questions surrounding their star players, and uh, they're within reach. Lines today. Big change. And one line that they put together, Housley put together, is a line that I wanted them to do about a month ago. And I'm glad that they got to it. You've got two players on your team that have played great in the past, put up big seasons playing with elite centers. Connor Sherry with Sidney Crosby, and Kyle Poso with John Tavares, and then with Ryan O'Reilly. Both guys that have put up good production with great centers. Not a surprise to me that they have not been doing that this year, playing with a rookie in Middlestad who has not been able to produce much, and if not him, Larson or Sabotka. Housley's got them both on the line with Eichel. I think that could really work. I think you could spark Okposo, and I think that you can keep Sherry's great play of late going with that line. So I like that line. He's also completely broken up that top line. I just mentioned Eichel's not playing with uh, Skinner and Reinhardt anymore. He's got a line of Rodriguez, Reinhardt, and C.J. Smith. Middlestat, Pominville, and Skinner. And then... Giergensen's, Saboka, and Thompson. Johan Larson did not take a sh- did not take line shifts, uh, so maybe it'd be interesting where he would factor in. I would argue that if Larson plays tomorrow, he should go in for Saboka. The guy just cannot do anything in the offensive zone, anything. I need to try to do better there. And if that if I got Rodriguez playing center, I don't need Saboka playing center. I don't need him in my lineup. So that's what I would do. But I like. The, the line he put together with Eichel. And we'll see how this works out. Maybe Skinner and Middlestat. Maybe they could kind of fuel each other. Pominville too. Like he scored this year at times. Um, and I like that CJ Smith is getting an opportunity with two offensive players. I, I like his lines a lot. Let's now hear his reasoning. Here's Phil Housley uh, meeting with the media earlier today with our own Paul Hamilton. It's a day-to-day situation. We'll see how he responds uh, you know, after today. Um, uh, we'll know more tomorrow. Well, I thought he played well when he was here, and we had to manage a roster spot. And uh, you know, the game in Boston, I, you could have said everybody didn't really have a they had an off night. But uh, I liked the game that he had against Florida. I liked the game that he had against New Jersey. You know, we manage a roster spot. He goes down and scores a hat trick, so he got the right message. And um, I think he's got 12 points or 12, 15 points in 12 games. Um, so you know, he deserves a shot to get back in an opportunity. So. Uh, I like the, what he brings, uh, the spark and the speed and the skill. Um, obviously, um, he's going to get an opportunity. How long were you thinking about making some of the changes that you made today? And why so drastic? Why right now? Well, I think it, we were 3-7 and seven in our last 10, number one. Um, you know, we tried different combinations uh, within the last 10 games, 15 games, and uh, trying to find a balance, maybe a spark, uh, some continuity within the lines. Those are all subject to change as, as we move forward here. And 
you know, we addressed the situation on Saturday after a game. We pushed forward. Uh, we tried to, you know, uh, try to find some chemistry, some balance, uh, spark uh, um, within the, the, those groups. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk more about it today. I think just uh, uh, everybody had a role and identity. Um, but in saying that, I think uh, we were playing the game the right way uh, back then, uh, making good puck decisions, managing our game. Our checking detail was uh, um, really solid. Um, and we got to get back to that. And you can mix the lines up all you want, but if you don't manage a game and you, you don't have a respect for your own end, you're going to get the same results. So we address those things, and, and we got to continue to focus on that moving forward. Where does the power play have to be better? I, you know, I, it's funny. You know, you look at all the analytics and the metrics, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of areas that uh, uh, our breakout to entry with possessions a little down, but everything else is, is good, but we're just not getting results. Uh, so we're gonna. We took a hard look at that, you know, and that's subject to change too. But we're just trying to um, mix different combinations. What we felt would be would work, you know, putting Darlene back up top and uh, trying to look at some things that have worked in the past. And uh, I think we have two goals in our last 11 games. So we're we're gonna have to take a hard look at that. I mean, we score again a goal against Chicago. Those are more of the goals that we need. It's just a hard net front presence, digging for a rebound and getting dirty. Kyle's moved up from maybe the fourth line to the first I don't know if you'd call it fourth line. I mean and you look at his minutes, uh, he's playing more than the other lines except Jack's line. So uh, he was playing an important role. I thought uh, they they created a little bit of an identity, um, but again, you know, not getting the results that we wanted. Uh, we're just trying to you know give him an opportunity uh, in the big game tomorrow against a tough opponent, and uh, you start start to lean on some of your veteran players. It's always difficult, uh, especially when they were really rolling. Uh, I think lately, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we tried to change a lot. We changed the lines in between the second and third period. Um, you, you, you try to give them an opportunity to defy, to dig themselves out of it. It didn't work. So, um, um, you know, you try to, some things get stale at times, and, or you need, maybe you just need a new look, and maybe a new, new, new fresh uh, look uh, um, with new line mates, and uh, and it was tough. But uh, you know we're going to try to spread it around, and again we'll see how that works out. You know, uh, hopefully it works out for the for the betterment of our team. But uh, those things are always subject to change as well. There is the Sabres head coach. Uh, I failed to mention the what the power play units look like before we went to that. They took Ristolainen off the top unit, and they replaced him with Middlestat, which I like. I like that a lot. I think the best way to run a power play is if you've got your big shot guy on it, which they have with Eichel, like Eichel's the guy you target. Like if you were going to get a one-timer, you're preferring that he's the one taking it. Everyone else, I want being really good puck handlers and really good passers. I think that's the way I want to build my power play. I want at least one really good shot, but otherwise I want guys that aren't going to lose the puck easily. I want guys that have good stick handling ability, that are good passers that aren't going to turn it over, that don't get frazzled when they have pressure on them. And to me, 
although Ristolainen, I think, does a pretty good job managing that point position, I think when he has to slide over to the wings, if there's a rotation of any kind, he really doesn't do a great job. Like he, If he gets any sort of pressure, it's kind of just him throwing it into the corner and hoping. If he feels any sort of pressure and he's on one of those wings. So I like Middlestat there. Um... I'm not sure he's also ready to handle like that pressure on him when he's on the power play like that, but ideally that's what I want out of him at some point, so I'd like to see him give it a shot because his hands are great. And if you can give me, as the three guys controlling the play, you'll have your two, obviously, one in the slot, one in front of the net. Usually that's going to be Skinner in the slot and Reinhardt in front. The three umbrella guys, I usually want to be my three best puck handlers if possible. And I think on the team... I think those are your three best. Eichel, Dahlin, and Middleset. At least stick handling. Maybe passing, I might want to put someone else in there. But I like that trio. I want, I want to see how that works. Um, the second unit, it's about all you can do. Rodriguez, Thompson would be your big shot. Uh, Sherry, Oposo, and, uh, and Ristolainen. But uh, yeah, I want to see how that number one power play unit looks too. Because they've been dreadful on the power play. I think they don't have a goal in like three weeks, four weeks. It's been a long time. What is yeah. the stat? They're like 0 for the last 18 or something? They were 0 for the last 18, somewhere along those lines. Okay. 2 for the last 28 yes. in the last 11 games. And that spans a very long time. You have to factor in the mandatory break, the all-star right. break. So those 11 games right. is like a, m- a month's a month worth of time. Yeah. Uh, let's now hear from Middlestat. Middlestat was bumped up, as we just said, to the first power play unit. He talks a lot about that right here. Well, Casey, everything got shuffled today. What did you think of your new line? Yeah, it should be fun, obviously. Uh, I haven't played with Palmer too much this year, but I played with him last year pretty much every game I was here, so uh, I thought we played well together, and obviously uh, Skins can play with pretty much anyone. He does what he does, and a uh, pretty special player, so uh, I'm excited for sure. I'm sure it's not unexpected. I'm sure you as players understood with the way things are going, changes were going to be made. Yeah, I think it was it was expected. I mean, um, obviously we we got to play better, and sometimes... Shaking things up helps and find some new chemistry. So I think everyone's excited to play with some new guys and, and have have some new lines and, and get some good chemistry going. You excited to be on the number one power play? <laughs> I mean, yeah, of course. I think uh, I mean, we got to be a little bit better than we were at practice today. But, um, yeah, it should be good. I think, obviously, Jack is up there with anyone running the half wall. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Obviously, we got to simplify it sometimes, too, and get pucks to the net. We know... Especially when your power play hasn't been too good, it's always go back to simplifying it and um, getting shots first and then making plays after. I noticed the frustration out there with you guys. Uh, what was going wrong as you guys are trying to get together? I don't know. Yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. I think it was just a mix of a couple of things. Obviously, it's new and um, figuring out the breakout, things like that. But uh, we had a good last one. Felt like we kind of figured it out there, got settled in, and then... Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much it. I think making sure we get in the zone is probably one of the most important things, and then we should be able to make plays once we have it set up and, and uh, ready to go. Is it a surprise that it has been a struggle? I mean, you look at the personnel out there. It seems like it would be a good unit. Yeah, but I mean, I think everyone, every team, even no matter how good their players are, power play hits a lull at some point, I think. It's just how it goes, and it's more about how you get out of it or how quick you, how quick you get out of it rather than... Um, actually having the wall so I think just go out and simplify it and make make the plays there in front of us and shoot the puck and we should be fine.
There is Casey Middlestat. Let's keep rolling here. We got some more Saber sound for you. If you weren't able to catch it uh, on demand, WGR550.com, you haven't had the opportunity. So keep rolling through a little Saber sound cocktail here. Let's now go to Jeff Skinner. Well, Jeff, Coach uh, switched everything around. Uh, what were your thoughts of the new lines? I thought it was all right. Uh, let's see. Um, trying to shake things up, trying to get a win tomorrow. So, um, yeah, Mitzi and Parr are pretty good players. So, uh, thought it was all right. I know you enjoy playing with Jack, but is, do you feel it's just something that has to be done? you got to change things up? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I think throughout the course of a season, lines change all the time. Uh, whether it's just sort of shaking up the line, the lineup, whether it's injuries, whatever it is, I think so. Everyone in here is an NHL player, so um, just go on your new line and, and get to know get to know your linemates and, and sort of get the chemistry going as quick as you can. And uh, I thought we did a good job in the drills and practice, and we'll keep keep getting better. I know you all weren't happy with the Chicago game. You've had two practices since. Have you gotten good things out of practice in these two days? Yeah, I think so. I think anytime you come and you get. For us, we got an extended homestand here. We got some, some, a chance to get on a little bit of a roll, and um, obviously it wasn't the way we wanted to start it. But uh, having two practices is a good opportunity to get better, work on some things in our game, and um, and then take it into to the next game. How do you handle when when things have been going in the net all year for you? Now every goal scorer is going to go through times when it's not going in the net. How do you handle that when it happens to you? I just keep working. I think that's just. That's just the way the game goes. I think you're going to go through stretches where sort of everything seems to be going in, and then you're going to go through stretches where um, things just aren't going in as easily. And uh, you just got to keep trying to get chances, keep uh, keep getting to the net, keep getting pucks on net, and uh, uh, sooner or later things things will start going in. Fans worry that your thought will be, oh, I'm not next to Jack, I don't want to stay here. I mean, how much daily routine goes into your laundry, if, if any? No, I, I mean, I... I don't know. Jack's a great player, I think, but like I think it goes into a lot goes into sort of playing on a team. I think that's why we're, we're um, if we're going to have success, we're going to have to have success as a unit. Uh, everyone, all four lines, all six D, uh, both goalies, and um, for me, I just want to try and be a piece of the puzzle and, and and sort of contribute in a way that that uh, that helps the team win. So um, we'll just keep 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 plugging away. I think here. Two, two practices and, and keep getting better and, and try and get on a little bit of a roll here on this homestand. Thank you. Have a good day. There is Jeff Skinner. Let's get you one more. Uh, this guy, CJ Smith. I'm glad he got called up. They waved Remy Ali. It was about time for this. You need someone that has some offensive potential. And we've been hearing about him for like two years now. Ever since they brought him in from UMass Lowell a couple years ago as an undrafted free agent. He's been tearing up the AHL for the most part since he got there. I mean, he think think about his last like month. He scores his first NHL goal for the Sabres. They send him down the next day. He goes back to Rochester. He scores a hat trick in his first game for the Amherst. And I think in his last two games for the Amherst, he scored two goals in each or something like that. Yeah, that's a guy that got the message. Phil Housley talked about that to the media today. After his last demotion to Rochester, I, it was 15 points in 12 games. On Great. So making, like, yes. the, making the most of every opportunity, whether it's up, down, left, right, east, west, Buffalo, Rochester. Mm-hmm. And he strikes me as, because he's fast and he's decently, he's pretty big, he's average size. I think I want to call him, he's like 6'1". Um, 
it's not like like Olafson and Nylander to me are different. I think if they're not scoring for you, I think they're pretty much not doing much. Whereas Smith kind of strikes me as a player watching him that even when he's not scoring, he's fine. Third, fourth line, he can do it if you need him to. But like I do think he creates offense. It's not just that goal he scored in his last game here for the Sabres. Like he creates shots, and I like that he's playing with two offensive players and uh. And Reinhardt especially, and then to a lesser extent, Rodriguez. Here is C.J. Smith, who is uh, fresh off his call-up from the Emmerichs. Well, C.J., it was obvious. You know you played well when you were here, but you went down with a good attitude. I mean, you had points in seven of the eight games, and obviously you didn't pout when you went down. Yeah, no, that's just not the type of person I am. I'm not going to sulk on anything or... Uh... Or quit on anything, and especially the guys down in Rochester, too. I'm really close with them and really like coaching staff, so uh, it wasn't going to affect affect who I am or affect my personality at all. Is this, what was the message from management sending you back down? Obviously? You know what? There wasn't too much to say. Obviously, at the time, it was guys were coming back, and um, it was kind of just a numbers game at the time. So uh, just said they liked how I played when I was here and just stick with it, and obviously... I'm back up here and get another opportunity. Do you view this as this is your opportunity here? I mean, a guy was sent down so you could come up. If you play well, you may never go back down there. Do you look at that? This is, this is your time right now. I mean, that's how I looked at it the first time too. You know, I was, and I think I did a good job for myself uh, the first time I got called up. So uh, hopefully, continue how I I left off and uh, keep playing well. Did you take anything back with you? I guess in terms of those games yeah I think uh, I just went back with a lot of confidence I think kind of showed in my game down there too uh, obviously playing up here it's a little different pace and a little different level and uh, I just want to go back back down there and work hard and work for the guys down there in Rochester it was only four games but did you feel you got better each and every game in the four you were here yeah I think uh, as time went on I think I got a little more comfortable settled in a little more and uh, kind of uh, like I said, yeah, I just settled in a little more and was more comfortable playing each each game. CJ, have you noticed any difference in the room up here, given that it's further along, things aren't as good as they were at one point? Uh, do you sense that there's more tension, desperation, whatever? Uh, you know, I I just got here, got here this morning, so I haven't been been around too much. But you know, all the guys still seem uh, positive, and I think uh, we're still in a good situation here. And uh, if we obviously continue to play and play well. I think there's still still some good opportunity for this team. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There's CJ Smith. I'm hoping that goes well, and uh, I'd like to see him here for the rest of the season, to be honest. Uh, do you really? Do they really have an excuse to not do that? Unless you're a thousand, 100% healthy. And then you're putting in guys like Saboka and Larson over him. Like I, I, Even then. Get, I don't need Saboki in the lineup. If I got injuries, fine. But keep C.J. Smith in there. For the rest of the year. Don't send him back. That's my opinion. 803 is the phone number. Last call on the nightcap is coming up next. Jody Biasi and Derek, and not Derek, uh, Kyle Powell today. I almost never make that mistake, too. <laughs> One hour and 48 minutes right. into the show, too. It's right. okay. It's okay. Kyle Powell is in with me tonight here on WGR. It just gets old watching the same team, you know, win the whole thing year after year. Sorry. <laughs> that was really arrogant, wasn't it? It was kind of fun to say that. But now they're, they're uh, I told our team today, like, look at the Patriots. Like, they just never make a mistake. 
Steve Kerr. <laughs> That's funny. I like him. I hate that I like him. Like, don't you want... I want to hate the Warriors. But... They're, like, half likable and half not. Like, Kerr is likable. Curry is likable. Clay is likable. And then there's just Draymond and Durant, who's the worst. Durant's a snake. And Draymond's just the bully. Like, you need those two. You need those two to be able to root against them. They're not the Patriots. Maybe they'll get there. But to me, they're not the Patriots. Like, they're fun to watch. They're also not ruining my team. One, because I don't have a team in that sport. And two, um, they play out west anyway. NBA is so fun right now with all the trades. Trade chatter. It is getting wild. I'm even following crazy. Kyrie Irving is now like... Like, he's a big part of all of this. Uh, it seems like he's not going to re-sign in Boston when that seemed like it was a foregone conclusion like five months ago. Maybe he'll team up. Like, all the talk, like, I love it. And it's all realistic. This isn't like, oh, Sabres should trade for Nathan McKinnon. Like, star players are actually, like, on the move. Kyrie might go team up with Durant in New York. He might reunite with LeBron in L.A. I also saw LeVar Ball is still controlling his son's life, saying he doesn't want him to play in Phoenix if he were to be moved. Which no, he, he does want him to play in Phoenix. He does Phoenix. want him to play he in Phoenix. He does want him to play in Phoenix. Because he thinks he gets Because he knows what's best for his son. Right. Just. <laughs> that guy. I don't, I don't want that guy reentering the picture. I don't need him being relevant again. That was so annoying. No, we can leave the big baller brand in 2017. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, please. Right. Not even 2018. Like Leave that in 2017. And I don't need no comeback in 2019. You stay where you were two years ago. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can catch the whole show on demand at WGR550.com and the radio.com app. Sabres hosting the Wild tomorrow night. So I'll be back on your airwaves Wednesday from 7 till 9. Jody Biasi and Kyle Powell signing off here on the Nightcap on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.